100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast, Mountain Buck Q&A edition, brought to you by Timber Ninja Outdoors. So the way this podcast works is it is in addition to the normal weekly episode of the podcast. And this is going to be, hopefully, short 10 to 20 minute episodes, answering some of your questions that you've submitted and talking about these specific things in a quick bite sized piece that you can listen to on your way to work, uh, out to a hunting spot, whatever it is. So on these specific topics. Now, if you have some questions that you want to submit, uh, please send it in to my email, bodiesmeetswesthunt.com. And in the subject line, just put in mountain buck QA so I know what it's for and uh, I can pick and pull from them to to be able to add into the podcast. Now, I will say that this is a special edition of the podcast, and it will be ending here shortly. As far as not doing it full all year, doing the the two episodes per week, but during hunting season here, I wanted to, uh, to make sure that we did this. If it does get enough traction and, and you like it, then maybe I will continue to do it a little bit more. But on this week's uh, question of the week, we have there was multiple questions that came in about the second rut and when does that happen? Is it real? And when does that happen? So the second rut is the way it's defined is basically when fawns who or does that did not get bred during the first primary rut that they come into estrus again. So the fawns are a month older at that time frame when the primary rut occurred and they're able to have their first estrus cycle really in that beginning to mid-December time frame. And, and then that's going to depend on where you're at geographically. But at the same time, does who didn't get bred during the first estrus cycle uh, in November, they come back in another 28 days later. So one of the 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 thing about the the does the I guess the fawn specifically that I learned and this was through uh through some video series that I watched from the National Deer Association so NDA that they had put out that was really good information about this and you know areas that have 
really good nutrition and food for those fawns, they're able to mature enough and get to that point to where they're able to come into estrus during that year. And so that was something to note in areas that don't have a lot of good food, anything you might not see that as much. But the second rut is, from my experience, is not as active as the first rut and also has more pressure hunting pressure that changes things you know in december you look at a place like pennsylvania we've already went through archery seasons muzzleloader seasons bear seasons rifle deer seasons in in the full swing of things at this point like that's a lot of people that have been in the woods and kind of changing things up a little bit and i i do believe that the second rut is excuse me is real i mean that's science is not really up for my opinion there but it really depends on what I've found is areas that have a really good buck to doe ratio. So there's a good is, you know, essentially what would be perfect is one to one, one buck for every doe. And if you were to have that scenario, you're probably not going to have so much of that second rut because every doe is getting bred during that first time period. Now, when you get to areas that have a lot more does than bucks, those bucks aren't able to breed all those does in that 24 to 36 hour window when they come into estrus that they have to be able to get bred. And so now when you're looking at it from that perspective, you kind of got to think about from your area, what does that look like? Is your buck to doe ratio out of whack? And is that something that you can take advantage of and be able to move in? And, and, you know, so like one Here's here's a couple examples that I have. I was going through some trail camera data while I was looking to when I was getting ready for this podcast and I have had one particular area from December 4th to December 9th that in the last 5 years has had some pretty dang good rut activity which is during our gun season. Bucks chasing does, bucks searching, brand new bucks showing up to the area. And you may say, oh, that's just the hunting pressure pushing them into it. And I don't believe so. From having my my cameras on video, I was able to hear bucks grunting as they're coming through right on the tail of some does and then just seeking. And there's there's one particular buck that is an absolute giant that shows up every year in one of these areas and comes through only one day a year and he comes through in daylight middle of the day cruising this ridge uh looking for does and so that was something that i really learned and that area does have more deer than some of the other areas that i hunt and quite a few more does so thinking about that and then when i started going down to west virginia that was another thing i noticed where there's the area that i hunt and the place that I hunt down there is a private lease and it's, it's a big chunk of mountain land. There's no ag or anything, but there's a lot of freaking does and there's a lot of deer there. So in that area, from what I've learned and from the people down there that I've met and Josh and all those guys, have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. 
I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. They're talking about how good December is, and they're breeding again. You know, they're coming through. There's that secondary rut, and it's pretty strong because of that. Now, it's not good that that buck to doe ratio is out of whack that bad, but it does lead to to more activity in that December timeframe. So, and then really you can even see a, uh, a third rut essentially with some of those fawns coming in, or if some of those does don't get bred another 28 days after that, you know, beginning of January in that timeframe, uh, for where we're at, you know, I'm, I'm basing these timeframes off of Pennsylvania that they say the peak rut is November 15th. So that's how I'm, I'm kind of basing all of these things off of. So, um, where I see one, one thing I wanted to, to talk about a little more is where I see most of the second rut activity. So it's not, it's, it's kind of in the same place that you would see in the first rut, but not like, I feel as if at that point with so much hunting pressure that these does are holing up in different places and even in the bucks and these, these spots sometimes are just overlooked spots that are close to roads. Sometimes they're way back deep in some thick choked out drainage that's, you know, full of laurel or, or beach brush or whatever it is, wherever the pressure is not seems to be where a lot of those deer are holing up at. And that's where you're going to see the activity away from your traditional doe bedding areas that they dealt with when they weren't pressured as much or, you know, had that, that, uh, that amount of people in the woods back in the first rut time frame. So that's something that, that I've definitely noticed. So a lot of side hill action, some older clear cuts, some thick stuff that doesn't allow people to get tree stands in. That's where I've seen a lot of this activity and my cameras light up over the last really, over the last 10 years of, of running cameras. Now that, that buck that, that I was talking about that comes through in that, you know, December 4th to 9th timeframe, that's one specific deer that was doing that, but that whole entire area had more activity that was, was coming up during that, that specific timeframe. And then I'll see it in other areas, just not as much depending on again, that, that population. And I, I, I really do believe that it comes a lot down to that because those bucks, in say like in West Virginia where I'm hunting and, and that buck to doe ratio is kind of out of whack. Those bucks, they don't have to, they don't have to work really that hard to find a doe that's, that's coming into estrus at that, that point. So they, you know, that they'll be laid up with that doe for a while. And there's other ones that are coming in that just aren't getting hit at that time frame. So my thought, if you're going to try to take advantage of that secondary rut, and if it's in a time frame when there's a lot of pressure is finding those holes where those deer want to be at. And again, that doesn't always mean it has to be way back in far away from the roads. I've found it on some side hills all over the bank of some roads before and uh and then sometimes they're they're way back in there was a another area that I actually haven't ran a camera there since 2021 that i just i just had too many spots that i was that i was monitoring but this place is really good in that 
end of November, first week of December timeframe with some of that activity. And it was a place that was definitely a long ways in to be able to get to. And the area was hunted pretty heavily, but I just, I never saw anybody on my cameras way back in this spot, just a steep side hill, old logging roads going through probably like a 25 year old cut on that side hill. So, you know, your pole stand trees and those deer lived in there bumping does. And they honestly kind of stayed there throughout the late season, even in the January. So Hopefully that that's be able that's able to help you a little bit because you know I, I've read so much on the second rut and you know heard about it and stuff in the past and it's like oh you know the as far as the applications to hunting farm country but I wanted to give my thoughts and my experience on hunting it in the big woods areas without ag and kind of how I think you can take advantage of it and uh, be able to to get out there. And if you're still holding on to a tag, maybe be able to fill it. So thanks everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, or anyone else that you think that you could help out with it. I really appreciate it. Give it a rating and review and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.